Hey, good afternoon and welcome to Radio Row here in Los Angeles, California. Uh, first interview of the long week of interviews that we have out here. And as you can see on the bottom of the screen, sponsored by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Tricon Consulting, Western Illinois University, Kevin Miller, Caldwell Banker, Gundaker, and Bootleggin Barbecue. And hey, this is a new thing this year. Our uh, first guest is virtual. So I'm here in LA and uh, that is my guest. He is the former running back for the Green Bay Packers and for uh, Mizzou fans out there. I, I don't know if this hurts or not but former nebraska cornhuster he is amon green amon how are you i'm doing good how about yourself i'm good hey i left two feet of snow in st louis to come out here for this i don't know why you didn't do the same up in uh, green bay well this is one of the reasons i got my granddaughter who i we had to i had to i've been taking care of for a week so that is the boss so she couldn't come back so i'm like oh, i'm here with the baby so <laughs> on poppy do uh, on papa duty so i'm good with that but yeah that's the one main reason i'm not out out there with you in la Amon, when I saw that your uh, your name on the list, when they reached out to me and asked if I wanted to have you on, I needed to have you on for something that has been eating at me for about eighteen years now. It's been Ooh. it's been going on for a while okay. um, now. So this is back. I, we're talking back at like two thousand four, two thousand five, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. um, I was playing Madden. And I, I, there was a guy in Madden it, uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe you remember the running back, Amos Zeraway. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he was he was him. good in Madden. He was really good in Madden. I liked playing with the pack or with the Steelers. And I, in that year, I had the first uh, first round pick in my uh, in my fantasy league, and right. I selected you. And then I immediately went and I traded you for Amos Zeraway, and that was oh, the wow. year. I, you know what? I again, I'm I'm admitting this. It's like kind of like you know the you know the curse of Babe Ruth. How yeah. They, you know the Red Sox. You know they let him yep. walk away, and then they were cursed for years. I have not won a fantasy football league with these uh, with my friends since I did that. It's the curse of Amon Green. That's what. Whoa. it is. I like to be put in the same sentence as Babe Ruth. <laughs> I, I definitely like that. I, I'm a I grew up a baseball player along with football, basketball, and track. So I appreciate you, Joe, for that I, one. I know you're. I'm team. admitting, I know, I know I'm admitting my mistake. Yeah, right. I, I know the other fantasy owners don't let you live that down. Uh, you know what? So the, again, this is like 2003, 2004. It was whenever yeah. you you had a huge season with the Packers yep. that year. And I texted a friend of mine last week, and I said, "Hey, man, I go, I got him on green on uh, the show next week." And he immediately texted back, "Remember when you traded him for Amos Zeraway?" I, this <laughs> I told you, I knew it, I knew it. Oh <laughs> <was> man. <laughs> Fantasy, so I, fantasy GMs, don't forget. They don't know. I need to be it. like, I need to be absolved by you or something like, I feel like I need something like that to make this curse go away. Uh, That's what we're going to do. You got me here on the podcast now. So yeah, that's, that's what we, that's what we, that's that what we, we need to work that out at some point. So at the end, I mean, you think it over and we, uh, we go from there and now, I mean, so I'm going to transition straight into that right. to, uh, to, to my Mizzou fans that are out there listening um, did you guys get away with a victory back in 1997 on the uh, on the kicked ball? Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> we I was just talking about this. So, so uh, Eric Warfield, he was our strong safety on that defense, and he said to so in a conversation we had yesterday morning, or no, two days ago, Saturday morning, he said on that game, that game plan defensively that they had for them to stop them was built to stop one, I say, offensive scheme. 
but they came out in a whole different offensive scheme. That's what made it a problem for our Nebraska defense, black shirts, which were the number one defense in the in college football that year and the years before that. That's why it was so tough because they came out in a whole different game plan they hadn't prepared for. And Charlie McBride usually had all the guys ready, and then the guys were very competitive and very uh, go-getter type of attitude. So when we they came out to that different set, different um, option plays, passing off the option more than they were running, that's what threw them off. And so hearing that from my teammate from a game that happened 25 years ago, I was like, oh, now it made sense. Because I was like coming to the sideline. I remember coming to every time we scored, I'd be like, I'll go to the defense. I go to either Grant Westrom or Jason, Peter, or, or even Eric. Or I'm like, guys, they can't stop us from scoring. Just keep them from scoring, and we're going to win. Just do that. Just stop them. And they're like, okay, Amon, we got it. But, that, <laughs> but it's every time I, I'm like, again? They scored again. Like, oh man! <laughs> and what forty-five to thirty-eight? I, that's I mean, right. that is just nonstop action in a uh, in a game like that. And for you to have just vivid memories of that twenty-five years ago, and you're still able to to remember stuff like that, you know, here in here in St. Louis, Grant Winstrom, a, a huge favorite. What kind of yeah. character was he like back in college? Oh, he was a character of all characters. Like, okay, this is a guy that obviously phenomenal athlete. Like, I've seen uh, Grant Winstrom do things that I didn't think a big guy could do. And, but he's not really built like a big guy. He was, like, lean and tall. And so I saw him run down people. I'm like, oh, my God, this dude is a freak of nature athlete. But then being that he roomed, his roomies were uh, Jason and Christian Peter. So they told, I heard stories of them destroying their apartment or the house they lived in because they they swore to God. They should have been the next best thing in WWF or WWE or whatever was going on at that time in the mid 90s. I said, bro, you're college football players. You're not going to be a wrestler. Not saying you can't, but you're playing here. Oh, AG, we did this, da 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 da. And I'm like, you got problems, man. You got really real problems. I love you. I'm like, but this is, you're in college football. Get those dreams out your head. I mean, and it's not real anyway. He's like, I know that. That's the fun part. We could act like this. I'm like, See, you lost me there. I said, because when I was 13 and my dad told me that it was an act, I was like, oh, you telling me WWF is fake? He's like, yes, they're just acting, kid. I'm like, I was, I took all my Hawk Hogan posters down. I was like, this is not, I like, I'm like, I'm a purist. I found out as a kid, I'm the true purist of things. I was like, when I found out I was an act, I'm like, oh, it's like just a movie. It's just like a movie. That's what my dad said. I'm like, oh, see, I have, I have it. I was like, what? I have an eight-year-old, and just last week, the, the Royal Rumble was in St. Louis. So just last week, I took him to the Royal Rumble, and we were down. We were moving around a bit throughout the show, but like the final match, we're down there on the floor right. for uh, for that, and we're watching a Baron Corbin, one of the guys. He walks by us right there on the floor, and he's all hurt, and he's all you know hunkered over. And like as soon as he passes by us, he goes through the curtain, and you just see him walking all fine and everything. And my kid's like, Wait, isn't he hurt? And I'm like, no, he's not. Like, he's that. And you can just see it in his face. He's like, wait, this isn't an act. And I was like, for as much as you and I wrestle and you don't get hurt every single time, like, you haven't picked up from that. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. I was just like, I was like, dad, why y'all lie to us? Why? why?" I was like, why do adults lie to kids so much? He was like, what else? I was like, remember last year when I told you that I figured out Santa's not real? Whereas you and mom buying the toy, I was like, we live in Los Angeles, California. We don't have a chimney. We live in the hood. 
Santa Claus is not coming to the hood, okay? And we don't have a, a, a chimney to, for him to come down. So where is he going to get the president? That's how I figured that out. And so then next year was WWF. I was like, oh, come on, Dad. Y'all killing me. I'm like, Dad, why y'all got to lie to us kids? We're going to believe almost anything, but not me. Not me anymore. I was watching. I got my eyes. I was like this to my dad. I was like this. You know, it, the the story, I mean, the Grant Winstrom stuff, like he he might have been just about 10, 15 years too early on yes. that because you look now how many guys are going from there, like from playing yeah. college football to doing that. And it, I mean, it's probably a little easier on their bodies in, 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 for the for the short term. I say for the short term, yes. Uh, I know they get beat up a little bit. I know a few wrestlers. I met a couple of uh, women wrestlers and some of the uh, guy wrestlers. And yeah, they still get beat up a little bit. Some of them moves when they especially when they jumping off stuff oh yeah it's just, it's just gravity and momentum you know that obviously science takes over eventually you're going to get hurt but for yeah. the most part right it is that's why they get in shape that's why we you know for the wrestlers i'm in let's say that's why we work out so when we land on the ground we're getting more in shape to prepare for not getting hurt than getting hurt so i'm like yeah i respect that i just know loud that it's not real that's all. I mean, that's what... you know, nowadays in the NFL, you, you know, having one feature back is so uncommon. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of by running back by committee, but when you were, I mean, when you were there in green Bay, I mean, it was just, mm -hmm. it was you, you were the, yeah. you were the show then. I mean, how do you, and then same thing in Nebraska. I mean, everybody knows those Nebraska teams back in the day, they just ran, ran, ran. All, mm -hmm. So how do you, I mean, how do you get your body to just get used to getting hit like that and staying out there as many games as you played? Uh, one is mental. Mentally, get your mind right. Basically telling yourself, I remember before, even when I got back to Green Bay, you know, it started, probably started in high school. And then once I got to Green Bay, I was just started telling myself before every, like, regular season game and, and, and preseason and even practice, like, look, this is football. It's a contact sport. Get over it. That's what I would tell myself. And I'm like, okay, boom. I know I'm going to hit, get hit probably 90% of the time while I'm running around. I mean, I used to get hip checked by D linemen on a play action, even though I didn't have the ball. They just like, boom, there you go. Take that with you. <laughs> I don't even have the ball. They were like, hey, G, we just don't worry about it. I'm like, I say, I, I got you. Okay, I'll get you next play. But, but yeah, it's physical. And you just got to, like, it starts with your mind. And then after that, it's just the off-season conditioning, taking care of your body, you know, recovering, but then hitting the weights. Uh, running hills, working on your endurance. It's a combination of all that stuff. So then year over year, I can refresh and then basically recalibrate and then be ready to go because I understood how the run game worked with the offensive pass game. And so they complement each other. If you don't have a run game, sometimes your pass game is hard to establish and vice versa. That is not that you can establish it, but sometimes it could be a little bit harder if you don't have somebody, you know, deacon and dunking underneath with the run game, getting three yards in a cloud of dust, doing the hard work, which I didn't mind. I don't mind doing that grind, you know, getting in there, banging down with uh, the old lineman and D lineman. Yeah, baby, I, got, I might have to check, but uh, <laughs> I don't mind. I didn't mind doing that stuff. And so having that mental mindset of, okay, I got to work. I got to grind. I'm going to get punched in the chest by a D lineman or a linebacker is going to catch me here and there. You just got to be okay with that. And then that's where mentally, once you, your mind is basically the old cliche. Once you, you know, your minds, you get it past your mind. If you don't mind, it don't matter. That's pretty much it. But when you have a quarterback, too, like Brett Favre, who's never missing a game, never missing a play, no matter what the injuries are, too, does that make it harder for you to complain about any kind of injuries you have? Uh, for me, no. I think I know other players on the team, yes. They would be like, dog, it's hard to complain. When I got this dude, he got a broke thumb. 
yeah. got a, a toe that's not, that's not even working. You know, he shouldn't even be walking, and he's throwing balls still. So it can't. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it was like, okay, I say, well, I know I can't say I'm hurt. Um, let me just play with what I got. You know, if I got a, I had like today. I know between football and basketball, the most common injury I hear so far is a high ankle sprain. I'm like, I know I played with plenty of high ankle sprains. What's wrong with you guys? Like, come on. I mean, I know it's a different type of player. I know. I'm like, but a high ankle sprain sucks. Yeah. It pretty much hurts from your, your right below your calf all the way down to the bottom of your foot. I know I played with that. In college, I know I did it. I'm against Colorado. I had twisted my ankle against Kansas State the week before. And my, my ankle, when I twisted it on, and it was just a sprain, a very bad sprain that was black and blue. And I played the following week. And so I'm like, high ankle sprain? I'm like, come on, guys. That's just, you just put some tape on that thing. Let it ride. You'll be good. Do you still watch your Cornhuskers every Saturday? Oh, yeah. I'm die hard. I'm, I ride or die. I got a tattoo. My bulldog right here has a Nebraska jersey on there. You know, I'm ride or die. I'm supporting the guys, good or bad. And I've been through since we got in the Big Ten. You know, I hear it from my, my friends that are Badgers that either went there, played there. Oh, I hear it. But I take it because I knew eventually it's going to change. Time change, games change, you know, teams change. Games, you know, like – forever the cubbies trying to get to this world series then finally did it in 2016 you know that stuff it, it changes so eventually it's going to get back to where it was but it's just going to take just as much time to get it back there with uh, scott and the new coaching staff that he's bringing in a few new guys to build down there in lincoln nebraska yeah and i mean just to you know when you're sitting there watching it you had all those rivalries you mentioned colorado you know we talked mizzou you talk about all those the big 12 teams or the big eight teams when you started there. And yeah. now it's, you know, a completely different set. So you're just, you're watching it and you don't have, it's, it's, is it hard to get into it? Not having those same rivalries of when you played, when you seeing the other teams that you played against. Uh, yeah. It's a little hard. Um, I say it's interesting not seeing how intense, well, it can't, it was actually this last year's game was the, the red river rivalry, the Texas Oklahoma game. That was actually a, a intense game, a lot of scoring. Um, but for Nebraska, you know, Colorado, game the Oklahoma game Nebraska Oklahoma even though it was back this year uh, sometimes you know just seeing the competitiveness I know they had that that's the one thing that was different with the Huskers this year they were competitive for a four-quarter game they weren't just competitive in the first half or up to the third quarter it was four quarters and probably about seven of their games were lost between three and six points so that told me as a player and I coach now, you know, in terms of esports, and I coach, uh, I coach fo football, high school football for about ten years, along with track and baseball. That showed me effort. When the team is only losing by a certain margin, that means they're making the, the little mistakes at the wrong times. So you just gotta hone down, take those mistakes away, and let. And that's from that's the coach letting the players know, okay, at this moment we can't do this. You know, at this time in the game we cannot have a turnover. We got to get in field goal range. So everybody's got to be aware of one, hold on to the ball. And two, get the ball to the referee or get it out of bounds. So you got to have those type of coaching moments to say, "Hey, this is what we knew need to know need to know in a situation to make sure we can help ourselves get the win." What ages are you coaching? Um, well, well, right now with esports, I'm coaching in college. So we're Lakeland University Muskies. We have Overwatch team, League of Legends, Rocket League, um, Super Smash, and NBA 2K players. And so this is Division Three college esports and esports. It doesn't matter division. It's all the way from D1 all the way down to junior yeah. college that we play against school. So we played against Lincoln. Um, 
Nebraska. I played against uh, the Badgers in Call of Duty and got our butts kicked. So it is what it is. Uh, but it's it's fun. That's what I'm doing. Like I said, uh, before that, I was coaching high school football. A lot of playoff teams, good teams. I was able to be on the coaching staff of here in Wisconsin. How'd you? Ba- I mean, so obviously this isn't something that just popped up. I mean, video games—that's something you've probably been doing most of your life. Then, how did you balance that to do that and also be a be a pro athlete? Get into? I mean, how how did that balance work? It worked during my career because I did it for my downtime. You know, so when we had a day off or obviously the off season, that's when I got heavy into gaming and my. I say my favorite game was Halo, and it still is because they have a new one that just came out not too long ago. But I use video games as my getaway from the season, from you know a tough loss, or just getting, or just you know what I got, I got a whole, I got all Saturday. I don't have nothing to do. You know what? I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna beat this. See if I can finish this game all in one day. You know, an RPG. <laughs> you know, Hitman, Hitman Three, or Hitman Two that I played a lot, or Grand Theft Auto. That was one of my playing days. And now, before I got to have this job at Lakeland and Sheboygan, it was just me going to the cons, going to Comic-Con, going to E3, going to DreamHack, going to PAX, and going to tournaments, going to a Halo. Actually, I went to a Halo tournament right there in um, um St. Louis. That was there uh, February. Was that at Chaffetz? At Chaffetz or at St. Charles? Uh, Might have been St. Charles, whatever, somewhere close to the border of Illinois and Missouri. Oh, that might have been the conventions. I have to look into because uh, I know there were a, a few around here. Yeah, it was the Halo Classic. It was January okay. of 2019, and I met a whole bunch of cool people there. Uh, people that were like looking at me, like, "Why is Amon Green here?" <laughs> yeah, well, guy. I mean, guys, they're just you're Amon Green. Why are you at a Halo tournament in St. Louis? I'm like, because I'm a Halo fan. I, I played and I love the game. They're like, oh. Okay, nice. It's dope that you're here, though. Thanks for being here. I'm like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Uh, so yeah, that's how. So I just kind of, I grew my my passion. It was already there, but I saved my knowledge and obviously, and then meeting people, networking, and I started. I, I created a business card to start handing that out to different people from different companies that were either gaming companies or organizers of tournaments or developers. You know, people that worked at Sony, people that worked at Microsoft, EA. EA, who actually an AI already knew because I've been in a lot of their events. So I always kept in contact with somebody there. So then when uh, I finally met Clint Oldenburg, who is the executive producer of Madden, me and him, you know, we clicked our eyes right, uh, right away because he's a former um, college football player, too. He played in, he played in NFL. For, I know he played for Cleveland. He played for a few teams. Might have been the Broncos. I know for sure the Cleveland, um, Cleveland Browns. And he played college football at Boston College. So we had that connection. And so I was already already doing a lot of stuff for EA, but then started doing stuff with Microsoft. And um, um, I'm trying to think, uh, is a company called, uh, a fundraising company called uh, Pros versus GI Joe's, Greg Zion. So he was doing fundraisers for military, for troops and um, NFL, baseball, basketball players. So he would take, you know, former player, current player, go to a facility and play video games with fans that were, families were connected to the military to come hang out for the day. So making those connections, meeting guys like Greg, meeting guys like Larry Ridley, who does a lot of uh, commentation on his own, um, meeting the upper management of EA and then meeting people at DreamHack, you know, guy like Gary Briggs, who's kind of like, he's kind of like the, every, the, the, know every, the person that knows everyone in the world of gaming. And he organized uh, DreamHack. He was actually one of the inventors creators of the first official dream hack here in america because the idea was already in europe 
um, and DreamHack was going on there for forever. And then they finally brought it over here. And that's why we have DreamHack, DreamHack um, all over the United States. So meeting guys like that, getting in position for whatever may come, be ready for me in the future. And eventually it came to my door, you know, saying one of my friends that actually went to Lakeland was a teacher there and a student. And he said, Mom, I got the perfect job opportunity for you. I said, okay, you know me well. It's either football or video <laughs> games. And he said, and he said both. I said, really? He said, yeah, we want, they're thinking about, you know, they want, they want to see if you want to coach football and coach esports. And I'm like, well, let me think about it. I said, because coaching esports is a lot more, just as, you know, a lot more to it than people think. I was like, they probably said both because they didn't know that how serious and just as detailed and into it you got to be for esports just as football and baseball and basketball and wrestling at the college level or the high school level or even a pro level. He's like, it's a full commitment. So I'm, you know, having meetings. We're having tour days. We're doing film review. We're talking about our strategy in the game. If it's Call of Duty, if it's uh, Halo, if it's Overwatch, if it's League of Legends, stuff like that. So we're actually having breakdown meetings and I'm picking players. I'm recruiting players just as I was being recruited as a football player when I was in high school. And but now I'm recruiting esports at players, esports at student athletes. So it's been, you know, a, a great adventure. I love it. It's fun to do. And it's part of one, one of my passions, basically. Oh, it's because of video games that uh, I will forever be linked to you amongst uh, my friends. Uh, <laughs> uh, 18 years uh, now and running. Is it's going to change now. It's going to change. I, I hope so. I hope yep. this is uh, this is what it is. If there's anything, if I can name my my team after you or something like that next year to, you know, try to try to break the streak of this. Uh, we'll, we'll do whatever it takes yep. to, to make sure that this uh, that we can end the uh the 18 the streak that yeah the curse that's uh that that has been haunting me for so long but we'll <laughs> uh we'll make it work hey you have a podcast uh the uh, the host of you're the host of on my block packers podcast on the believe podcast network uh yep. so you're uh, you're putting stuff out with there and I, I would imagine are you talking esports there are you talking fo- are you talking everything or are you just thinking uh, packers so that would get what mike is on my block that's what mike wall one of my teammates he was a guard for us and that's just strictly football Mm-hmm. And it's and it's a uh, you know during the season it's all Packers mostly. Then we cover a little bit of you know around the NFL topics, injuries, uh, quarterback changes or whatever, coach changes. But now in the off season we're going to start talking about more of the free agency coming up real soon. But right now this is Super Bowl week and also coach hirings and firings and then obviously the big deal with uh, Brian Flores uh, and his his case in the NFL and we broke it a little bit that we talk about that on today's podcast. But then actually on Wednesday. I do my gaming podcast called the Mon Green's Gamers Lounge podcast, where I, that one, obviously just in the title, talking about video games. We're talking about game releases coming out. We're talking about ish, you know topics in the industry, like the big, I think last week it was the big thing. Two weeks ago, Activision was bought by Microsoft. Last week, Bungie was bought by Sony or vice versa. And now this week we got Google dropping Stadia the whole the video game app where you could go in and play video games and with your cell phone or um, in the cloud. And now they're dumping, they're actually downsizing the Stadia app to almost saying, okay, now we're done with it. We're not making money no more. So we go push it over here. So we talk about, you know, important topics, fun topics, the fun stuff. We talk about what everybody's watching on, on different streams, you know, Hulu, Netflix, Disney plus Paramount plus 
what else plus you know any uh, any other app that has a tv series or movie you yeah. know being produced we we talk about and give recommendations for those uh for those apps and so you know there's some fun stuff coming out it's always something good to watch so it's hard to try to keep up with it i say if you try to keep up with it you're not gonna you're not gonna win so just watch what you can when you can and we'll we'll give you some some um recommendations on the good stuff we we usually direct people to good tv shows and good movies in in the podcast so because we don't want people to be like man what is mon green talking about man this movie suck or this tv show is <laughs> terrible so yeah i want to give them the good stuff i don't want to you know, give them something they got to think about, man, and, and they come back to the show be like, "Come on, that was a bad pick." So I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to hear that from my my viewers. So, um, yeah, we do that every Wednesday. We record every Wednesday at eleven a.m. and it's actually live on Twitch on my Twitch channel, Amon Green TV, and also stream as well. Sounds like you are a uh, busy man, and I, I see too. Is that uh, is that Black Panther behind you, or is that? Yes. Uh, and I see the Batman logo behind you too. So. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's Which Black one, Panther. Though? That's Black Mar- Panther. Oh, okay. yeah. Marvel or Marvel or DC though? Well, I'm I'm, I'm gonna say I'm originally nostalgic wise. Being a kid, I'm I was DC because I was Batman okay. first. Then once I obviously grew up, started reading books and learning that obviously there's Marvel and DC. I'm like a guy of both worlds because Black Panther is my guy right here in uh for Marvel and and Batman is my guy in DC and they, and they're similar, you know. Um, but I say Black panther has more of the the orb the flower that he drinks to get his strength so that gives him a notch up of, of over bruce wayne because bruce wayne just going off a of pure grit and lifting weights in the weight room and, <laughs> and grinding it out in the bat cave so he got back so so t'challa has a little bit uh more off he's a little bit more superhuman than than bruce wayne but bruce wayne still kicks butt though you know i'm that one, I'm very, uh, I am very intrigued to see what the new Batman movie is going Can't to be. Wait. It looks very, it looks very dark uh, yes. right now, but it's PG-13, so I, I don't know if that's just the previews or I know, right? The, uh, and then, and then you have the uh, the Wakanda Forever coming out too. That I don't think, uh, maybe I've just avoided all spoilers. Not really sure what they plan on doing with the, uh, the future of that franchise. They haven't really showed much. They talk no. about a lot of talking. You go to Screen Rant, you know, the movie feedback websites or user stuff, YouTube mm-hmm. too. But only really thing I know about Wakanda Forever is that Winston Duke, who was the other tribal leader in the sh- in the movie, and he challenged, remember, he, he was the first one to challenge mm-hmm. T'Challa yeah. to be the next Black Panther and be king of Wakanda. So they're considering him and some like fan conversations, you know, oh, this would be a good fix if they bring, you know, somebody that's already been introduced to the MCU. And it makes sense because he was also a part of the tribes that were made up Wakanda, stuff like that. So that's kind of the fan point of view of it. But yeah, it's going to be for us as fans, being DC or Marvel, it doesn't matter. We're having fun. We're enjoying the entertainment. That's what I, I'm looking at. Like we debate. I got my friends and I, we talk about, you know, when we get into our comic book talk, People are mad and upset why this came out, why they do it like this. And then I'm like, look, regardless how good they did it or how bad they didn't, you know, they did it. We get to enjoy good media, good, yeah. good entertainment at the end of the day. So I'm not, I don't care if that storm had blonde hair to silver hair. I don't care. The movie was great, <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, Black Panther did this instead of that. I'm like, no, it was a great movie. Something that we finally seen that was in the comic book war, but now it's on the big screen. So it's fantastic. 
I was uh, I was not expecting this conversation to go so many different directions, but uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed the last half hour that we have uh, we've spent talking about everything. That's Amon Green. Uh, that your Twitter handle there in the yep. uh, uh, right there, so where we yeah. can follow you uh, and follow everything that yeah, you yeah, yeah. Uh, you are up to these uh, these days. Best of luck, man, and uh, thank you so much for all the time. Hey, thank you, Joe. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. You could use that uh, tag right there. So continuity. So you can find me. So there you go. So he is a Mon- he is a Mon Green. If you missed any of that, it'll be up. Uh, audio version will be up on the podcast sites, and all the video will be up on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. You follow all of our stuff for ClavesOnline.com. Plenty of content still to come all week long here on Radio Row in Los Angeles. At Western Illinois University. Limits are meant to be pushed because the best change happens when people think in new and unexpected ways. At WIU, you'll experience a world where your presence matters, where your ideas take flight and your determination opens the door to possibility. At WIU, we create a world that's brand new. Good afternoon and welcome to Radio Row here in Los Angeles, California. Uh, First interview of the long week of interviews that we have out here. And as you can see on the bottom of the screen, sponsored by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Tricon Consulting, Western Illinois University, Kevin Miller, Caldwell Banker Gundaker, and Bootleggin Barbecue. And hey, this is a new thing this year. Our uh, first guest is virtual. So I'm here in L.A. and uh, that is my guest. He is the former running back for the Green Bay Packers and for uh, Mizzou fans out there. I I don't know if this hurts or not, but former Nebraska Cornhuster, he is Amon Green. Amon, how are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm good. Hey, I left two feet of snow in St. Louis to come out here for this. I don't know why you didn't do the same up in uh, Green Bay. Well, this is one of the reasons. I got my granddaughter who I we had to, I had to I've been taking care of for a week. So that is the one. So she couldn't come back. So I'm like, oh, I'm here with the baby. So on poppy do uh, on papa duty. So I'm good with that. But yeah, that's the one main reason I'm not out out there with you in LA. Amon, when I saw that your uh, your name on the list, when they reached out to me and asked if I wanted to have you on, I needed to have you on for something that has been eating at me for about eighteen years now. It's been Ooh. it's been going on for a while okay. um, now. So this is back. I, we're talking back at like two thousand four, two thousand five, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing Madden. And I, I, there was a guy in Madden it, uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe you remember the running back, Amos Zeraway. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he was he was him. good in Madden. He was really good in Madden. I liked playing with the pack or with the Steelers. And I, in that year, I had the first uh, first round pick in my uh, in my fantasy league, and right. I selected you. And then I immediately went and I traded you for Amos Zeraway, and that was oh, the wow. year. I, you know what? I again, I'm I'm admitting this. It's like kind of like you know the you know the curse of Babe Ruth. How yeah. They, you know the Red Sox. You know they let him yep. walk away, and then they were cursed for years. I have not won a fantasy football league 
with these uh, with my friends since I did that. It's the curse of Amon Green. That's what Whoa. it is. I like to be put in the same sentence as Beirut. I, I definitely <laughs> like that. I, I'm a, I grew up a baseball player along with football, basketball, and track. So I appreciate you, Joe, for that I, one. I know you're. I'm see, admitting, I know, I know I'm admitting my mistake. Yeah, right. I, I know the other fantasy owners don't let you live that down. Uh, you know what? So the, again, this is like 2003, 2004. It was whenever yeah. you you had a huge season with the Packers yep. that year. And I texted a friend of mine last week and I said, hey, man, I go, I got him on green on uh, the show next week. And he immediately texted back. Remember when you traded him for Amos Zeraway? I, this- <laughs> I told you. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, <laughs> <That> was- <laughs> man. Fantasy, so I- fantasy, fantasy GMs, don't forget. They don't no. forget. I need to be like, I need to be absolved by you or something like, I feel like I need something like that to make this curse go away. Uh, that's what we're going to do. You got me here on the podcast now. So yeah, that's, that's what we, that's what we, we need to work that out at some point. So at the end, I mean, you think it over and we, uh, we go from there and now, I mean, so I'm going to transition straight into that to, uh, to, to my Mizzou fans that are out there listening um, did you guys get away with a victory back in 1997 on the uh, on the kicked ball? Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> we I was just talking about this. So, so uh, Eric Warfield, he was our strong safety on that defense, and he said to so in a conversation we had yesterday morning, or no, two days ago, Saturday morning, he said on that game, that game plan defensively that they had for them to stop them was built to stop one, I say, offensive scheme. But they came out in a whole different offensive scheme. That's what made it a problem for our Nebraska defense, black shirts, which were the number one defense in the in college football that year and the years before that. That's why it was so tough because they came out in a whole different game plan they hadn't prepared for. And Charlie McBride usually had all the guys ready. And then the guys were very competitive and very uh, go-getter type of attitude. So when we they came out to that different set, different um, option plays, passing off the option more than they were running, that's what threw them off. And so hearing that from my teammate from a game that happened 25 years ago, I was like, oh, now it made sense. Because I was like coming to the sideline. I remember coming to every time we scored, I'd be like, I'll go to the defense. i go to either Grant Westrom or Jason, Peter, or, or even Eric. Or I'm like, guys, they can't stop us from scoring. Just keep them from scoring, and we're going to win. Just do that. Just stop them. And they're like, okay, Amon, we got it. But, that, <laughs> but it's every time I'm like, again? They scored again. Like, oh man! <laughs> and what forty-five to thirty-eight? I, that's I mean, right. that is just nonstop action in a uh, in a game like that. And for you to have just vivid remember memories of that twenty-five years ago, and you're still able to to remember stuff like that. You know, here in here in St. Louis, Grant Winstrom, a, a huge favorite. What kind of yeah. character was he like back in college? Oh, he was a character of all characters. Like, okay, this is a guy that obviously phenomenal athlete. Like, I've seen uh, Grant Winstrom do things that I didn't think a big guy could do. And, but he's not really built like a big guy. He was, like, lean and tall. And so I saw him run down people. I'm like, oh, my God, this dude is a freak of nature athlete. But then being that he roomed, his roomies were uh, Jason and Christian Peter. So they told, I heard stories of them destroying their apartment or the house they lived in because they they swore to God. They should have been the next best thing in WWF or WWE or whatever was going on at that time in the mid 90s. I said, bro, you're a college football players. You're not going to be a wrestler. Not saying you can't, but you're playing here. Oh, AG, we did this, da 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 da. And they're like, you got problems, man. You got really good problems. I love you. I'm like, but this is, you're in college football. 
get those dreams out your head. I mean, and it's not real anyway. He's like, I know that. That's the fun part. We could act like this. I'm like, see, you lost me there. I said, because when I was 13 and my dad told me that it was an act, I was like, oh, you telling me WWF is fake? He's like, yes, they're just acting, kid. I'm like, I was, I took all my Hawk Hogan posters down. I was like, this is not, I like, I'm like, I'm a purist. I found out as a kid, I'm the true purist of things. I was like, when I found out I was an act, I'm like, oh. It's like just a movie. It's just like a movie. That's what my dad said. I'm like, oh. See, I, I have know. I have it. I was like, what? <laughs> I have an eight-year-old, and just last week, the, the Royal Rumble was in St. Louis. So just last week, I took him to the Royal Rumble, and we were down. We were moving around a bit throughout the show, but like the final match, we're down there on the floor right. for, uh, for that, and we're watching it. Baron Corbin, one of the guys, he walks by us right there on the floor, and he's all hurt, and he's all you know hunkered over. And like as soon as he passes by us, he goes through the curtain, and you just see him walking all fine and everything. And my kid's like, Wait, isn't he hurt? And I'm like, no, he's not. Like, he's that. And you can just see it in his face. He's like, wait, this isn't an act. And I was like, for as much as you and I wrestle and you don't get hurt every single time, like, you haven't picked up from that. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. I was just like, I was like, dad, why y'all lie to us? Why? why?" I was like, why do adults lie to kids so much? He was like, what else? I was like, remember last year when I told you that I figured out Santa's not real? Whereas you and mom buying the toy, I was like, we live in Los Angeles, California. We don't have a chimney. We live in the hood. Santa Claus is not coming to the hood, okay? And we don't have a, a, a chimney to, for him to come down. So where is he going to get the president? That's how I figured that out. And so then next year was WWF. I was like, oh, come on, dad. Y'all killing me. I'm like, dad, why, you gotta, why y'all got to lie to us kids? We're going to believe almost anything, but not me. Not me anymore. <laughs> I was watching. I got my eyes. I was like this to my dad. I was like this. You know, the the story, I mean, the Grant Winstrom stuff, like he he might have been just about 10, 15 years too early on yes. that because you look now how many guys are going from there, like from playing yeah. college football to doing that. And it, I mean, it's probably a little easier on their bodies and, and for the for the short term. I say for the short term, yes. Uh, I know they get beat up a little bit. I know a few wrestlers. I met a couple of uh, women wrestlers and some of the uh, guy wrestlers. And yeah, they still get beat up a little bit. Some of them moves when they especially when they jumping off stuff oh yeah it's just just gravity momentum you know that obviously science takes over eventually you're going to get hurt but for the most part right it is that's why they get in shape that's why we you know for the wrestlers i'm in let's say that's why we work out so when we land on the ground we're getting more in shape to prepare for not getting hurt than getting hurt so i'm like yeah i respect that i just know loud that it's not real that's all. I mean, that's what... you know, nowadays in the NFL, you, you know, having one feature back is so uncommon. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of by running back by committee, but when you were, I mean, when you were there in green Bay, I mean, it was just, mm-hmm. it was you, you were the, yeah. you were the show then. I mean, how do you, and then same thing in Nebraska. I mean, everybody knows those Nebraska teams back in the day, they just ran, ran, ran. All, mm-hmm. all, so how do you, I mean, how do you get your body to just get used to getting hit like that and staying out there as many games as you played? Uh, one is mental. Mentally, get your mind right. Basically telling yourself, I remember before, even when I got back to Green Bay, you know, it started, probably started in high school. And then once I got to Green Bay, I was just started telling myself before every like regular season game and, and, and preseason and even practice, like, look, this is football. It's a contact sport. Get over it. That's what I would tell myself. And I'm like, okay, boom. I know I'm going to hit, get hit 
probably 90% of the time while I'm running around. I mean, I used to get hip checked by D linemen on a play action, even though I didn't have the ball. They just like, boom, there you go. Take that with you. <laughs> I don't even have the ball. They were like, hey, G, we just don't worry about it. I'm like, I say, I, I got you. Okay, I'll get you next play. But, but yeah, it's physical. And you just got to, like, it starts with your mind. And then after that, it's just the off-season conditioning, taking care of your body, you know, recovering, but then hitting the weights, uh, running hills, working on your endurance. It's a combination of all that stuff. So then year over year, I can refresh and then basically recalibrate and then be ready to go because I understood how the run game worked with the offensive pass game. And so they complement each other. If you don't have a run game, sometimes your pass game is hard to establish and vice versa. That is not that you can establish it, but sometimes it could be a little bit harder if you don't have somebody, you know, deacon and dunking underneath with the run game, getting three yards in a cloud of dust, doing the hard work, which I didn't mind. I don't mind doing that grind, you know, getting in there, banging down with uh, the old lineman and D lineman. Yeah, baby, I got, I might have to check, but uh, <laughs> I don't mind. I didn't mind doing that stuff. And so having that mental mindset of, okay, I got to work. I got to grind. I'm going to get punched in the chest by a D lineman or a linebacker is going to catch me here and there. You just got to be okay with that. And then that's where you're mentally, once you, your mind is basically the old cliche. Once you, you know, your minds, you get it past your mind. If you don't mind, it don't matter. That's pretty much it. But when you have a quarterback, too, like Brett Favre, who's never missing a game, never missing a play, no matter what the injuries are, too, does that make it harder for you to complain about any kind of injuries you have? Uh, for me, no. I think I know other players on the team, yes. They would be like, dog, it's hard to complain. When I got this dude, he got a broke thumb. He yeah. got a, a toe that's not, that's not even working. You know, he shouldn't even be walking, and he's throwing balls still. So it can't – yeah, exactly. So for me, it was like, okay. I say, well, I know I can't say I'm hurt. Um, let me just play with what I got. You know, if I got a, I had like today, I know between football and basketball, the most common injury I hear so far is a high ankle sprain. I'm like, I know I played with plenty of high ankle sprains. What's wrong with you guys? Like, come on. I mean, I know it's a different type of player. I know. I'm like, but a high ankle sprain sucks. Yeah. It pretty much hurts from your, your right below your calf all the way down to the bottom of your foot. I know I played with that. In college, I know I did it. I'm against Colorado. I had twisted my ankle against Kansas State the week before. And my, my ankle, when I twisted it on, and it was just a sprain, a very bad sprain that was black and blue. And I played the following week. And so I'm like, high ankle sprain? I'm like, come on, guys. That's just, you just put some tape on that thing. Let it ride. You'll be good. Do you still watch your Cornhuskers every Saturday? Oh, yeah. I'm die hard. I'm, I ride or die. I got a tattoo. My bulldog right here has a... Nebraska jersey on there, you know, I'm right or die. I'm supporting the guys, good or bad, and I've been through since we got in the Big Ten. You know, I hear it from my my friends that are Badgers that either went there, played there. Oh, I hear it, but I take it because I knew eventually it's going to change. Time change, games change, you know, teams change. Games, you know, like forever, the Cubbies trying to get to the World Series, then finally did it in 2016, you know. That stuff, it, it changes. So eventually it's going to get back to where it was, but it's just going to take just as much time to get it back there with uh, Scott and the new coaching staff that he's bringing in a few new guys to build down there in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, and I mean, just to, you know, when you're sitting there watching it, you had all those rivalries. You mentioned Colorado. You know, we talked Mizzou. You talk about all those, the Big 12 teams or the Big 8 teams when you started there. And yeah. now it's, you know, a completely different set. So you're just, you're watching it and you don't have, it's, it's, is it hard to get into it, not having those same rivalries of when you played, when you, seeing the other teams that you played against? Uh, yeah, it's a little hard. Um, I say it's interesting not seeing how intense 
Well, it can't. It was actually this last year's game was the uh, the Red River rivalry, the Texas Oklahoma game. That was actually a, a intense game, a lot of scoring. Um, but for Nebraska, you know, Colorado game, the Oklahoma game, Nebraska Oklahoma, even though it was back this year, uh, sometimes you know, just seeing the competitiveness. I know they had that. That's the one thing that was different with the Huskers this year. They were competitive for a four quarter game. They weren't just competitive in the first half or up to the third quarter. It was four quarters, and probably about seven of their games were lost between three and six points. So that told me as a player and I coach now, you know, in terms of esports, and I coach, uh, I coach fo football, high school football for about 10 years, along with track and baseball, that showed me effort. When the team is only losing by a certain margin, that means they're making the, the little mistakes at the wrong time. So you just got to hone down, take those mistakes away and let, and that's from, that's the coach letting the players know, okay, at this moment, we can't do this. You know, at this time in the game, we cannot have a turnover. We got to get in field goal range. So everybody's got to be aware of one, hold on to the ball and two, get the ball to the referee or get it out of bounds. So you got to have those type of coaching moments to say, hey, this is what we knew, need to know, need to know in a situation to make sure we can help ourselves get the win. What ages are you coaching? Um, well, well, right now with esports, I'm coaching in college. So we're Lakeland University, Muskies. We have Overwatch team, League of Legends, Rocket League, um, Super Smash, and NBA 2K players. And so this is Division Three college esports. And esports, it doesn't matter division. It's all the way from D1 all the way down to the junior yeah. college that we play against schools. So we played against Lincoln, um, Nebraska. I played against uh, the Badgers in Call of Duty and got our butts kicked. So it is what it is. Uh, but it's, it's fun. That's what I'm doing. Like I said, uh, before that, I was coaching high school football. A lot of playoff teams, good teams I was able to be on the coaching staff of here in Wisconsin. How'd you, I mean, so obviously this isn't something that just popped up. I mean, video games, that's something you've probably been doing most of your life then. How did you balance that to do that and also be a be a pro athlete, get into, I mean, how, how did that balance work? It worked during my career because I did it for my downtime. You know, so when we had a day off or obviously the off season, that's when I got heavy into gaming. And my, I say my favorite game was Halo and it still is because they have a new one that just came out not too long ago. But I use video games as my getaway from the season, from, you know, a tough loss or just getting or just, you know what, I got I got a whole I got all Saturday. I don't have nothing to do. You know what? I'm going to finish it. I'm going to beat this. See if I can finish this game all in one day. You know, an RPG, <laughs> you know, Hitman, Hitman 3 or Hitman 2 that I played a lot or Grand Theft Auto. That was one of my playing days. And now before I got to have this job at Lakeland and Sheboygan, it was just me going to the cons, going to Comic-Con, going to E3, going to DreamHack, going to PAX, and going to tournaments, going to a Halo. Actually, I went to a Halo tournament right there in um, um St. Louis. That was there uh, February. Was that at Chaffetz or at St. Charles? Uh, Might have been St. Charles, whatever, somewhere close to the border of Illinois and Missouri. Oh, that might have been the conventions. I have to look into because uh, I know there were a few around here. Yeah, it was the Halo Classic. It was January okay. of 2019, and I met a whole bunch of cool people there. Uh, people that were like looking at me, like, "Why is Amon Green here?" <laughs> yeah, well, guy. I mean, guys, they're just you know, you're Amon Green. Why are you at a Halo tournament in St. Louis? I'm like, because I'm a Halo fan. I, I played and I love the game. And they were like, "Oh, okay, nice. It's dope that you're here, though. Thanks for being here." I'm like, "Yeah, no problem." <laughs> So yeah, it was uh so yeah, that's how so I just kind of I grew my my passion. It was already there, but I say my knowledge and obviously 
and then meeting people, networking. And I started, I, I created a business card to start handing that out to different people from different companies that were either gaming companies or organizers of tournaments or developers, you know, people that worked at Sony, people that worked at Microsoft, EA, EA, who actually an AI already knew because I've been in a lot of their events. So I always kept in contact with somebody there. So then when uh, I finally met Clint Oldenburg, who is the executive producer of Madden, me and him, you know, we clicked our eyes right, uh, right away because he's a former um, college football player too. He played in, he played in NFL. For, I know he played for Cleveland. He played for a few teams. Might have been the Broncos. I know for sure the Cleveland, um, Cleveland Browns, and he played college football at Boston College. So we had that connection, and so I was already already doing a lot of stuff for EA, but then started doing stuff with Microsoft and. Um, um, I'm trying to think uh, is a company called uh, a fundraising company called uh, Pros versus GI Joe's Greg Zion. So he was doing fundraisers for military for troops and um, NFL baseball basketball players. So he would take, you know, former player, current player, go to a facility and play video games with fans that were families were connected to the military to come hang out for the day. So making those connections, meeting guys like Greg, meeting guys like Larry Ridley, who does a lot of uh, commentation on his own. Um, meeting the upper management of EA and then meeting people at DreamHack, you know, guy like Gary Briggs, who's kind of like he's kind of like the every the, the know every the person that knows everyone in the world of gaming. And he organized uh, DreamHack. He was actually one of the inventors and creators of the first official DreamHack here in America because the idea was already in Europe um, and DreamHack was going on there for forever. And then they finally brought it over here. And that's why we have DreamHack DreamHack. Um, all over the United States. So meeting guys like that, getting in position for whatever may come, be ready for me in the future. And eventually it came to my door, you know, saying one of my friends that actually went to Lakeland was a teacher there and a student. And he said, mom, I got the perfect job opportunity for you. I said, okay, you know me well, it's either football or video <laughs> games. And he said, and he said both. I said, really? <laughs> they, yeah, we want. They're thinking about. Yeah, they want. They want to see if you want to coach football and coach esports. And I'm like, well, let me think about it. I said, because coaching esports is a lot more, just as you know, a lot more to it than people think. I was like, they probably said both because they didn't know that how serious and just as detailed and into it you got to be for esports, just as football and baseball and basketball and wrestling at the college level or the high school level or even a pro level. He's like, it's a full commitment. So I'm, you know, having meetings, we're having tour days, we're doing film review, we're talking about our strategy in the game, if it's Call of Duty, if it's uh, Halo, if it's Overwatch, if it's League of Legends, stuff like that. So we're actually having breakdown meetings. And I'm picking players, I'm recruiting players, just as I was being recruited as a football player, when I was in high school, and but now I'm recruiting esports at players, esports at student athletes. So it's been, you know, a, a great adventure i love it it's fun to do and it's part of one, one of my passions basically oh it's because of video games that uh, i will forever be linked to you amongst uh, my friends uh, <laughs> uh 18 years uh now and running is it's going to change uh, now it's going to change I, I hope so i hope yep. this is uh this is what it is if there's anything if i can name my my team after you or something like that next year to you know try to try to break the streak of this uh we'll we'll do whatever it takes Yep. To, to make sure that this uh, that we can end. 
the uh the 18 the streak that yeah the curse that's uh that that has been haunting me for so long but we'll uh we'll make it work hey you have a podcast uh the uh, the host of you're the host of on my block packers podcast on the believe podcast network uh yep. so you're uh, you're putting stuff out with there and I, I would imagine are you talking esports there are you talking fo- are you talking everything or are you just thinking uh, packers so that would get with mike is on my block that's what mike wall one of my teammates he was a guard for us and that's just strictly football Mm-hmm. And it's and it's uh you know during the season it's all Packers mostly. Then we cover a little bit of you know around the NFL topics, injuries, uh, quarterback changes or whatever, coach changes. But now in the off season we're gonna start talking about more of the free agency coming up real soon. But right now this is Super Bowl week and also coach hirings and firings and then obviously the big deal with uh, Brian Flores uh, and his his case suing the NFL and we broke it a little bit that we talk about that on today's podcast. But then actually on Wednesday. I do my gaming podcast called the Mon Green's Gamers Lounge podcast, where I, that one, obviously, just in the title, talking about video games. We're talking about game releases coming out. We're talking about ish, you know topics in the industry, like the big, I think last week it was the big thing. Two weeks ago, Activision was bought by Microsoft. Last week, Bungie was bought by Sony or vice versa. And now this week, we got Google dropping Stadia. The whole the video game app where you could go in and play video games and with your cell phone or um, in the cloud. And now they're dumping, they're actually downsizing the Stadia app to almost saying, okay, now we're done with it. We're not making money no more. So we go push it over here. So we talk about, you know, important topics, fun topics, the fun stuff. We talk about what everybody's watching on, on different streams, you know, Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, Paramount Plus. What else plus, you know, any uh, any other app that has a TV series or movie you know, being produced. We we talk about and give recommendations for those uh for those apps. And so, you know, there's some fun stuff coming out. It's always something good to watch. So it's hard to try to keep up with it. I say if you try to keep up with it, you're not going to you're not going to win. So just watch what you can when you can. And we'll we'll give you some some um, recommendations on the good stuff. We, we usually direct people to good TV shows and good movies. In in the podcast, so because we don't want people to be like, man, what is Mon Green talking about? Man, this movie sucks, or this TV show is <laughs> terrible. So yeah, I want to give them the good stuff. I don't want to, you know, give them something they got to think about, man, and, and they come back to the show be like, Mon, that was a bad pick. So I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to hear that from my my viewers. So um, yeah, we do that every Wednesday. We record every Wednesday at eleven a.m. and it's actually live on Twitch on my Twitch channel, Mon Green TV, and also stream as well. Sounds like you are a uh, busy man, and I, I see too. Is that uh, is that Black Panther behind you, or is that? Yes. Uh, and I see the Batman logo behind you too. So, uh, yeah, that's Black one, Panther. Though? That's Black Mar- Panther. Oh, okay. yeah. Marvel or Marvel or DC though? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm originally nostalgic wise. Being a kid, I'm, I was DC because I was Batman okay. first. Then once I obviously grew up, started reading books and learning that obviously there's Marvel and DC. I'm like. A guy of both worlds because black panther is my guy right here in uh for marvel and, and, and batman is my guy in dc and they, and they're similar you know um but i say black panther has more of the the orb the flower that he drinks to get his strength so that gives him a notch up of, of over bruce wayne because bruce wayne just going off a of pure grit and lifting weights in the weight room and, <laughs> and grinding it out in the bat cave so he got back so so t'challa has a little bit of more off he's a little bit more superhuman than than bruce wayne but bruce wayne still kicks butt though you know I'm, he can make I, it 
that one I'm very uh, I am very intrigued to see what the new Batman movie is going Can't to be. Wait. It looks very it looks very dark uh, yes. right now, but it's PG thirteen, so I, I don't know if that's just the previews or I know right. The, uh, and then and then you have the uh, the Wakanda Forever coming out too. That I don't think uh, maybe I've just avoided all spoilers. Not really sure what they plan on doing with the, uh, the future of that franchise. They haven't really showed much. They talk no. it's a lot of talking. You go to Screen Rant, you know, the movie feedback websites or user stuff, YouTube too. But only really thing I know about Wakanda Forever is that Winston Duke, who was the other tribal leader in the sh- in the movie, and he challenged. Remember, he he was the first one to challenge mm-hmm. T'Challa yeah. to be the next Black Panther and be king of Wakanda. So they're considering him. And some like fan conversations, you know, oh, this would be a good fix if they bring, you know, somebody that's already been introduced to the MCU. And it makes sense because he was also a part of the tribes that were made up Wakanda, stuff like that. So that's kind of the fan point of view of it. But, yeah, it's going to be for us as fans, being DC or Marvel, it doesn't matter. We're having fun. We're enjoying the entertainment. That's what I'm looking at. Like we debate. I got my friends and I, we talk about, you know, when we get into our comic book talk. People are mad and upset why this came out, why they do it like this. And then I'm like, look, regardless how good they did it or how bad they didn't, you know, they did it. We get to enjoy good media, good, yeah. good entertainment at the end of the day. So I'm not, I don't care if that storm had blonde hair to silver hair. I don't care. The movie was great, <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, Black Panther did this instead of that. I'm like, no, it was a great movie. Something that we finally seen that was in the comic book war, but now it's on the big screen. So it's fantastic. I was uh, I was not expecting this conversation to go so many different directions, but uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed the last half hour that we have uh, we've spent talking about everything. That's Amon Green. Uh, that your Twitter handle there in the yep. uh, uh, right there, so where we yeah. can follow you uh, and follow everything that yeah, you yeah, yeah. Uh, you are up to these uh, these days. Best of luck, man, and uh, thank you so much for all the time. Hey, thank you, Joe. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. You could use that uh, tag right there. So continuity. So you can find me. So there you go. So he, is a mon- he is a Mon Green. If you missed any of that, it'll be up. Uh, audio version will be up on the podcast sites. And all the video will be up on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. You follow all of our stuff for ClabesOnline.com. Plenty of content still to come all week long here on Radio Row in Los Angeles. At Western Illinois University, Limits are meant to be pushed because the best change happens when people think in new and unexpected ways. At WIU, you'll experience a world where your presence matters, where your ideas take flight and your determination opens the door to possibility. At WIU, we create a world that's brand new.